As a writer, I started journaling as soon as I could pick up a pen. In 2010, I decided to journal in a much more public way by creating my blog, emmasthing.com. That's what he said is an extension of my blog and what I like to consider a weekly peek into my personal journals. As someone who's always had a knack for making the ordinary extraordinary, each week you can expect to hear all about what the hell I've been doing, what I'm reading, watching, and listening to, and plenty of opinions and asides along the way. Consider me your office bestie you don't hang out with outside of work, but love to catch up with. Welcome to That's What He Said. Can I just say, wow, we did it, you guys. We got through my wedding recap together, and it's behind us now. And I know how much you guys enjoyed the last two episodes. I mean, obviously, like, of course, why wouldn't you? Everyone wants to hear about a wedding, especially the things that went wrong, because it brings us all back down to earth. However, after all that, I am very ready to move forward with content. And I really hope that you are too, whether you're a new or avid listener. And that is why this week on my That's What E Said Instagram, I put up a question box asking you guys to ask me anything but wedding questions. Literally, the the floor was open to anything that you guys wanted to run by me, whether that be advice, my opinion on something, just something personal about me, something personal about you. And I got a really good mixed bag of questions. But before we get into all of that, let's chit chat a little bit. So last week was obviously Thanksgiving and boy was it ever. If you were paying attention, then you'll remember that I proudly claimed that we were hosting the holiday this year, but then we ended up at my parents' house. Well, why? I'll tell you. Because we, as in myself and my mom and not really my sister, but like I guess a little bit, didn't think it through. Like basically my mom said, that I was hosting Thanksgiving. Like, I feel like as soon as I got engaged, she said, oh, cool, well, you're hosting one of the major holidays this year, and it's going to be Thanksgiving. And I said, great. And we never talked about it again. And that was months and months and months ago. Then my sister and her family, which includes her wife and her two children, Jack and Sloan, came into town. And Allie came, they all came over here on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving to sort of like start prepping and making things and obviously to spend some time. And it was in that afternoon, in that moment that we realized that the logistics of Zach and I hosting weren't really working out. Out. Like we have just one oven, whereas my mom has two. And while most people I know, like across the world, make feasts with just one oven, when you have the option of having a second one, why wouldn't you take it? And we started to realize that all of the dishes and their cook temperatures and their cook times were not matching up and that the oven that we have couldn't fit the size pan side by side that we needed to to get everything done at once and be efficient about things and that my extra countertop convention like little oven or convection oven was probably too small to really add much and so basically after a lot of hemming and hawing and going back and forth we decided to call an audible and switch venues at the last minute and honestly, I'm really glad that we did. At first, um, I was upset and I did feel like a failure in some weird way. Like, 
I was so looking forward to hosting because I really truly do love hosting but I just started to get very overwhelmed quickly and the stress of it all and I did realize that the big kind of food involved things that we've hosted over here have been with my friends and hosting something for your friends is really different than hosting something for your family especially with my family who can be very particular and we're all very anal about um, everything being like all the dishes being super hot like I thought back to last year when Zach and I hosted Friendsgiving here and I, I I made the same buttermilk turkey that I spatchcocked and all of that and everyone brought sides and you know nothing was timed out right and I don't think we ate until really late but it was with friends and everyone is just so happy to be together and relaxed and all of that and we had two babies to feed this year by a certain time and also my family to feed by a certain time and I was just I was freaking out I was freaking out um and the thing is is that my mom never didn't want to host she just it was more about getting help making the food she does it herself every single year because she insists on it but I stepped in and took onus over the turkey obviously and then the potatoes and the vegetables and so it ended up being a perfect Thanksgiving at my parents with my mom not being stressed at all because I came over and was taking care of more than half the meal. And so it worked out beautifully. And we decided that going forward, she will always host Thanksgiving at our childhood home as long as I bring the same dishes year after year. And I freaking love that plan. I'm more than happy to do it. And I was so happy to provide the main thing, which was the turkey. And then, you know, everyone seemed to really like my sides. And For the potatoes, my mom makes this really delicious, creamy potato casserole dish, and I I nailed it. Um, And I also made some amazing Brussels sprouts that were roasted with some bacon fat and bacon bits and fresh pecans and tossed in some maple syrup and balsamic vinegar, and they were incredible. Like my mom doesn't love Brussels sprouts and she had two helpings so I would call that a win so I barely ate Thanksgiving day because I was so busy prepping and cooking so once we got over to my parents I had like a beer and a half and one black Manhattan and like uh, two ounces of red wine and I got pretty overserved. but it was so fun like I can't say that we've ever had such a lively, stress-free Thanksgiving like we did this year. I mean, it really was the best time. And obviously with Jack and Sloan there, it was even more magical. You know, as soon as we walked in, my mom decided that Zach was going to be the bartender for the night, which he was totally fine with. He made some really good drinks. And my family even did a conga line around the living room to entertain the babies. Like it was just, it was so wonderful and my sister was in town the rest of the week so it was just a lot of family time and early dinners because of the kids um speaking of which we actually on their last night in town on saturday we took the whole family back to muchacho which i mentioned on last week's episode my sis really wanted tex-mex with the kids before they left so we went to a 4 30 dinner on saturday with everyone and 
everyone loved it. Like, again, it can be hard to please my parents with food and new places. And they both really enjoyed themselves and just were like raving about the food and have already said that they want to go back, which is a feat in the Golden family. So I'm very happy with the outcome. And Muchacho really is so good, you guys. It's like gourmet Tex-Mex, but without all the pretentious vibes that a lot of other, you know, sort of upscale Tex-Mex places have in Dallas. It's just really, really good food. It's not exactly like down home greasy Tex-Mex. I think there's like a time and place for both. And I really recommend it a lot. The queso is, it was even better this time than last time. And you can choose to get the queso loaded or just take it as it comes with the melted cheese. And we took it as it comes and it was fucking delicious. Speaking of eating, I do have to mention that we took my sister and her wife to Shinsei Tuesday night. And man, y'all, it just was not good. Like, it's been good every other time I've gone with Merit or just with Zach for like a date night, but the quality just wasn't there Tuesday night. And it really bummed me out because that was our only opportunity to go on like a grown up date with my sister and her wife out in Dallas while my parents watched the kids. And I just, I feel like I screwed it up. Like, there were so many other places that we could have gone. So it was just a bummer. Like every dish we got was just okay. And it was expensive as fuck. Like insanely fucking expensive. I'm just, I don't know. I'm not sure I love it as much as I once did. And I feel like we might be taking a break uh, from it for a while. So there are my thoughts on that. But in general, it was a great holiday week and a super busy, super distractive week. So Allie and her crew headed home on Sunday and Zach and I were able to sort of get our lives back in order a little bit. So we got up and we got Foxtrot coffees, which Zach had not had yet. And I was very, very excited to bring him. And I know that I'm posting so much about Foxtrot lately, but you guys, it opened right by our house and it truly is my favorite coffee in town like the quality of their brewed just plain drip coffee and then the espresso beans is just so good and so incredibly tasty like for anyone out there who's into coffee I have realized about myself that I don't like coffee or espresso with fruity notes in it I'm only into like chocolatey notes and stuff like that and so that's exactly what Foxtrot offers. So I can just drink a cup of their black coffee with some cream and, you know, some sugar-free vanilla syrup, and I am good to go. I mean, not to mention, like, the entire shop and market itself is beyond adorable. I've just, I've been a partner of theirs for a long time, but that partnership has been kicked into high gear now that I live within walking distance, and I just cannot recommend it enough. Anyway, wow, tangent. So we got coffee and breakfast tacos. And then we went to Home Depot for the third year in a row to find our Christmas tree. And we got really lucky because they had just delivered a bunch right before we arrived. There were so many people there and everyone was like very talkative and chatty, which I loved. And we found out by random people around us telling us that supposedly there had been nothing there the day before. So we found our tree and the line was insanely long, but we made friends with the family in front of us. Like the husband was really chatty and they had three really cute kids and the the mom was kind of you know, she was like wrangling the kids and 
you know, within Home Depot, like picking up other things. So she kind of joined our conversation a little late. Um, but she ended up admitting that she follows me. She was like, this is so weird. You look familiar. I think I follow you. And of course, like I looked her up right away and I saw that all the people that we have in common are really cool people. So that made me really happy. But I swear to God, like that is happening so much more lately. Just like, you know, people coming up to me, it's been pretty constant and I just love it so much. And it also reminds me that Dallas is so small and I like it. I like it that way. Anyway, so we got our tree and she's perfect, obviously. We have not decorated her yet. I feel like that might be like a Friday night fun thing that we do. So once we got her and dropped her off at home, we went back out into the mall for... I feel like it was my like fourth or fifth time there in the last couple weeks, which is fucking absolutely bizarre for me because I try and avoid actually going to the mall like the plague, especially when holiday shopping season kicks off. It is just buck wild in there. It truly is like the Wild West. So crowded. You have to jockey for parking spots, all of that. But I've been back and forth so much because I was trying to figure out what I'm wearing to my cousin's wedding, which is uh, mid-December. It's like the week before Christmas. And you know me, I've been buying and returning. So anyway, we went specifically to pick up Zach's suit that we found him the other week. And he tried it on. And thank God, because it was hemmed way too short and this is just like a total random aside but I think that was my fault because I think I love ankle length anything so much on me because I'm short I'm 5'4 and I want everything to hit my ankle especially pants and I sort of push it on other people even my six foot three husband and he listens because he loves me and he relies on me for fashion advice but I fucked up like I feel like I told the alterations people to go a little bit shorter when he got it fixed the other week so I kind of felt like an idiot but we got that fixed thank goodness and then uh, came home and we got all of the Christmas boxes down from the attic and I started kind of decorating while Zach did a bunch of yard work and we ended the night with takeout sushi which I have to say was better than shishimi, uh, not shishimi, what? <laughs> was better than shinsei. And we watched some things, which I will discuss in part two. And I think we're ready for that now. So as you guys might've seen on my Emma's Thing Instagram, I started a new Scantron bubble sheet for the last 35 days of 2022. And I got this idea from Olivia Mentor, who has been doing Scantron bubble sheets forever. It's a really fun, organized, and I feel like attainable way to hit personal goals, especially if you like lists and checking things off of lists. If you are into the physical act of crossing out boxes or whatever, this Scantron bubble sheet could very well be for you. I wanted to give myself uh, some personal goals to finish out the year. So that's why I created a new one on Sunday. So one of the goals is to read 100 pages of whatever book that I'm currently reading 
during the week. So 100 pages a week. And I did this specifically because I'm on the last book in the A Court of Thorns and Roses series, which is over 700 pages. And I'm only on page 200 something. So I figured if I read 100 pages a week and there's five weeks left in the year that I'll finish it before the new year. Um, But I broke it down. So I only quote unquote have to read 25 pages four times a week. And I just have a feeling that that will just serve as like a catalyst to, you know, read way more than just that. I just kind of had to start somewhere because I'm so bad at choosing to read over watching TV. So that's what I'm reading lately. And then as for movies and TV, so Thanksgiving night, I think, when Zach and I got home from Plano, we decided to curl up on the couch and watch a really light, casual, happy movie called All Quiet on the Western Front. Now, if the name sounds familiar, it's because it's a book and it was made into a movie in 1930, but this one is new. It's the 2022 remake, if you will. And I was joking about it being light and happy because it is about World War One, And if you know anything about World War One, aka the Great War, you will know that it is one of the deadliest wars in modern history, if not the deadliest in modern history. The conditions were beyond horrific for soldiers on both sides, and the death toll across the board, including soldiers and civilians, was 40 million. So All Quiet is about one German soldier story and it's a it's a fiction novel and the movie while it's incredibly well done and the cinematography is stunning and the acting is immense the violence is graphic like there were several scenes where I had to cover my face because I just couldn't look like the movie I will say does an incredible job of setting you right there in the trenches with the soldiers and getting very up close and personal with the horror that they were faced with. So if you enjoy historic movies, you will definitely enjoy All Quiet on the Western Front. It's just incredibly intense and very, very sad. You do not get a break from the sadness. So just be mentally prepared for that. And then we finally finished the season of Great British Bake Off. And I have to say, you guys, I just didn't care as much this season I didn't like love any of the bakers like I usually do and was sort of over it midway through like I don't know GBBO is such a comfort show for me but I almost didn't really care whether or not we finished this season which is very unlike me and I'm wondering if I'm alone in that like I just felt like the bakers made more mistakes and had more misses than usual, and I wasn't impressed. I mean, listen to me. Who the fuck do I think I am? I can barely bake cookies. Um, So we also started two new shows, both of which are on Hulu, and they are both released on a weekly basis, which I love. So we started Fleischman is in Trouble and Welcome to Chippendales, and they are two vastly different shows with completely different plots, yet both are pretty dark in their own right. So Welcome to Chippendales is about the Chippendales male strip club in Las Vegas and you might remember Saturday Night Live making fun of it years and years ago when Chris Farley was the king of comedy and he was in it with uh, an escape with Patrick Swayze it's fucking absolutely uh, epic so Chippendales was the first male strip club ever and the show is about the founding story it is a you know it's like acted but you know all of it 
I maybe not every single part of it, but it's I guess you can kind of say it's a little bit of a documentary. Um, so it stars Kumal Nanjiani and Juliet Lewis, and we were like. Eh after the first episode but we kept going and it's starting to get very interesting like you know I mean it always takes a second to really get into the characters and decide who you're gonna like and what everyone's about it's entertaining and it's a lot of power at play a lot of money a lot of penis so we're gonna keep going and I will continue to share my thoughts sort of as the series unfolds and then Fleischman is in trouble stars Jesse Eisenberg and Claire Danes and it's about divorce more or less so Jesse is the main character and the story is told from his point of view but it's narrated by his friend who is played by Lizzie Kaplan aka Janice from Mean Girls and Adam Brody aka Seth Cohen from the OC also stars as uh, one of Jesse's friends in the show. Fleischman is in Trouble is a book that was adapted for TV and so far we like it question mark I don't know I've never been a big fan of Jesse's like to be frank, I think he's kind of hard to look at and you most definitely have to suspend your belief a bit to buy in on him being a fresh divorcee and pseudo sex symbol who seems to be getting a lot of ass. Um, and so far, Claire Danes is much more of like a thought, like a side character, but that might change with the plot. Um, anyway, but it's good. It's very depressing. That's for sure. And I may be a little more sensitive to all of that right now because you know we're newly married and you're basically watching a love story fall completely apart with two people who end up hating each other after making a life together so you know some of the really sad moments are not like triggering because you know it doesn't trigger anything in me it just kind of makes me really sad but it's really good writing and the dialogue is awesome and episode three leaves you on a pretty big cliffhanger so I would say that if family drama and stuff like that is of interest to you in shows if you can get past Jesse's nervous energy it's a very interesting look into divorce I think so far and I would be remiss not to mention the very random thing that we started watching via YouTube. So the channel is called Early American and it is literally this married couple that I found out live in Missouri and this is like their full-time job. Now they don't actually live as though they're in the 1800s every day I don't think because I went to this girl's Instagram and there are you know pictures interspersed throughout her feed of her in jeans in a hoodie in sneakers so I don't think that they live in this log cabin all the time but that is definitely where they create content and I mean they have almost a million subscribers so like this is a thing this I'm sure is a rabbit hole that I could spend hours of my life going down but I'm not going to allow myself to do that I don't even know how Zach and I came across this one YouTube video that we clicked into like this is Zach's thing like he gets into YouTube wormholes and especially when he can't sleep and so I couldn't sleep either this one night and so we stayed up really late and ended up finding this wild wild channel of this woman living as though she's in the 1800s cooking 
meals from the 1800s, getting dressed as a woman would in the 1800s, and it is beyond fascinating. I guess I never really realized how interesting I find those things and maybe I'm like more into history than I ever assumed I was but it's just so cool especially I so from the few videos that we've watched so far from this channel I realized that some of them like they'll doctor them more they'll edit them more they'll you know lay music down over it so it's like more modern and like entertaining to watch but the ones that we've been watching are I think what do they call them it's like basically like real life like no sort of music or anything like you are hearing the raw audio of what it would literally sound like if you were this woman in this cabin in the 1800s preparing dinner for your family and it's the smallest thing but it's like I never had the wherewithal to think about how yeah like they didn't have you know fucking Alexa's or Google plays or whatever to play music or listen to podcasts like you're doing right now while they are doing their daily things around the house it was dead fucking silence and so those ones are super super interesting to me I don't know what that says about me but I watched this woman make like a typical dinner and it made me want to look up recipes from the 1800s and try to make that dinner and the way that you know, women would utilize their fireplaces and, you know, scrape out little different piles of coal to put burners and stuff on. Ugh, it's just, I don't know. I just, I find it really fascinating. And if you're into that type of stuff, search for Early American on YouTube and let me know your thoughts. Okay, guys, let's get into part three of today's episode. So I mentioned at the top that I personally am ready to move past wedding content, even though I say that. And our photographer let me know this week that she should be sending our full gallery of pictures over at any moment. Um, so get ready to see more wedding footage. But as for like talking about it and breaking it down and all of that, I don't need to do that for a really, really long time. So on my That's What E Said podcast Instagram page, I put a question box up and asked you guys to ask me anything but wedding questions. And we have some things to chit-chat about. So let's dive in. So the first question that I got was first dates, dinner or drinks, who pays, and what's the best day to have a first date? So my answer to this is pretty much always the same and that would be always drinks first and try and do like a happy hour timed out drink with the option and opportunity for dinner if the date is going well I think it is very assuming and you know not fair to either party to make the first date a full ass dinner of course, there are exceptions. If this is not your first time meeting this person, if like, let's say you met them out at a bar and ended up talking to them all night and then they ask you to dinner the next night, okay, that's different. But like if you're meeting someone off of a dating app and they suggest that you should meet up for drinks and dinner or dinner, whatever, always start with drinks, be kind of vague about whether or not you have plans following the drinks and then just kind of go with your gut. 
as for who pays, this is just how I feel, but your date should pay. Um, and if assuming that they are going to, if that makes you uncomfortable, offer, but they should vehemently, vehemently, I can't say it, um, refuse your offer. That is how I feel. And the best day, uh, any day that works for you. Our schedules are so busy, it's nearly impossible even to like see your friends on the day that you want to see them. So just figure out a day that works for the both of you that you feel good about and go for that. There is no perfect day for a first date. Okay, this one said, my sister didn't plan a bachelorette before my wedding. Should I have a post-wedding bachelorette? I think this is just entirely up to you. Like if you are super bummed that you didn't get that experience and you, you know, have some feelings about it and you're not going to feel better about it unless you do have the experience, then yes, I say a thousand percent go for it. If you are not that upset and it's something you feel you can live without, maybe just forget it. I will say that one of our best friends, Whitney, she had her and her husband, basically eloped in Hawaii and so they had none of the traditional wedding things and we threw her a bachelorette party one year later and it was a fucking blast it's a day it was a staycation in Dallas and it's a time that we still always talk about and laugh about and she has no regrets in doing that so maybe that's something that you want to consider someone asked what is the next big purchase you and Zach want to make I don't know. I would say nothing. Um, this year was the most incredibly expensive year for both of us, for us as a couple, for us individually. And I think that a big purchase is so fucking far off into the future. We've made all of the big purchases that we're going to make for a really long time. I feel like the next one that maybe we would make is another home like not a second home sorry let me clarify like selling this home and moving into a different house but that is I don't even know where that would fall on any kind of timeline so yeah so I got a couple of questions about home decor like someone asked what's your approach to home decor and then someone also said what's your home decor strategy I feel overwhelmed by curating and end up going decor less because I feel the need to find the perfect items someone said home style what was Zach's what did you add what did you guys change together all of that which first of all can I just say the fact that people are like at least three people inquired about our home decor is so insanely flattering I by nature, I'm just really hard on myself across the board, like all aspects of life. I'm literally my own worst critic and it's horrible. And that seeps into every facet of my life, including home decor. And I've talked about this before, uh, you know, exhaustively, but I have never been super confident in my interior design choices. And I live by myself for so long that you know, I kind of just like would collect things along the way and I really wouldn't edit much. And then I would say like when I, the last place that I lived in before I met Zach, I upgraded there from all these things that I'd had for years. And I kind of maybe started to find a style, but not really. And then 
you know, I moved in with Zach and he has incredible taste and he had already done a lot to this house. But at the same time, when I moved in, it was pretty bare bones. Like, you know, he was starting from scratch. He didn't really have too much in here. He didn't even have a fucking closet. So that's why we have the closet that we do now because we had to like literally build one out. But anyway, I would say like our approach and I'm, I'm very, very, very thankful that we are on the same page. But I'd say our approach is Zach and I like our home. We want it to be cozy and comfortable first and foremost. Like that is the most important thing. And we want it to have this sense of organized chaos because I feel like that's really representative of our life. We both love color. We love bold color. Like I have never been drawn to you know every influencer's house that you see on fucking instagram it's like all white and cream and neutrals there's like not a lot of life i've never been drawn to that like it looks really beautiful don't get me wrong but it's not my style and that's not zach's style either so it's like our style is pretty damn eclectic and somehow we make it work and we're always editing um like i said before i never really used to do that when i lived alone but you know, we play with all of the things that we have a lot of the time. Like we'll move this shelf here or, you know, we'll be like this mirror would have looked better in this room and we're constantly like tweaking. So it's this very bizarre a space where you've landed where it's like, is less more or is more less? We don't really know, but we just kind of both have a knack for what spaces in our home need and what they don't need and like personally there are some things in this house right now that I still am like dying to get rid of and Zach knows that and we'll get around to it I mean you know like I said we're constantly changing but yeah I would say our approach is just kind of like it's just organized it's organized chaos and there's like a lot to look at and I love that and one of my dear friends one of my longest friends is Caitlin Coffey and she is behind the very popular interior design account called Harris Vintage and she has just blown up and for good reason because she is massively talented and her eye is absolutely incredible like if you're into antiquing and all of that and estate sales she is an amazing follow she's also fucking hilarious and I also was gonna have her on the podcast this year but shit got crazy so definitely that's gonna happen in 2023 but anyway her home and her style to me is the definition of organized chaos it's like it looks like a lot but for the most part there's a story behind every piece and there's also it's very very calculated how it's styled even though it may not look like that to the naked eye or just maybe like the very not creative eye and while our home and aesthetic is nowhere near as amazing as hers I feel like it's on the same kind of path and that makes me really happy I also really quickly I know I've been talking about this for several minutes but um, I want to touch on what that this one a listener said that she feels the need to find the perfect items I think that is where you're going to get you know th- that's analysis paralysis like there is or I should say there are you know quote-unquote perfect items even though it's all very subjective you know but I just feel like the 
approach there needs to be like, instead of thinking in a trendy way, think more in a classic way. Like when you're looking for these pieces, are they hot right now? Or it's like with fashion, are they hot now? Are they going to be out by next season? Or like, is this a bed frame that I want to invest the money in because I know I'm going to have it forever. It's going to stay in the family. If I'm not using it, we'll move it to another room, all of that. So, you know, as much as like you guys are interested in our home style, so am I. Like this is all really new to me. You know, I've never owned a home before. I've never lived in like a full-size house with like multiple rooms to decorate and stuff. So it's always an adventure and we're always exploring with how how we want to decorate our house. Someone asked, how do you approach a hard conversation with Zach and how does Zach approach the same? So Zach and I from the jump have been very forthright with each other and I don't think I could be in a partnership that wasn't. In fact, I know that I couldn't because that's how so many of That's how all of my past partnerships were, and I ended up married to Zach, so that should tell you something. But I was raised in a family that is not scared of confrontation, and not confrontation for confrontation's sake. We're not like trying to pick fights. It's like if something doesn't sit right with you, you say it. You tell whoever is upsetting you that you don't like XYZ, and you figure it out pretty much right then and there. I was not raised to let things fester or to sweep things under the rug. My family is very passionate. Uh, We can be aggressive in our tones and we don't like there to be bad vibes in, in any sense of the word. So the way that I approach hard conversations is head on. And sometimes it's easier than other times, depending on what the subject matter is. And sometimes, you know, even though I'm approaching it head on, I'm not doing it calmly and I'm like really upset or I'm like already crying before I've even said what I want to talk about. Um, And that's something that I have to work on because I'm a very emotional person and my instant reaction to most things, whether I'm happy, scared, sad, whatever, is to cry. Um, But yeah, I just like the way that I'm built is it gives me more anxiety to sit around and not tackle something than to sweep it under the rug. And I will say that I think while Zach can approach things head on for sure, um, I think he has a tendency to want to sweep a little bit. But more than that, I think it's that Zach just likes resolve. And even if it's like a really hard conversation, he wants to have the resolve uh, pretty, pretty immediately. And, And I'm talking not like immediately, like the next day. It's like, he doesn't want anyone to leave the room until there is a resolution. And while I I mentioned a few minutes ago that my family is very much like say what it is and get it figured out, it's not always within the same moment or the same day that you get it figured out. And so, you know, Zach has told me that like he just he's really, really good at like getting stuff out and moving forward. Whereas I um, I get it out 
and we you know come to a resolve but I'm typically like emotionally drained after that and I need time to sort of process and bounce back and be normal and he has said to me that he likes that I sort of like pull him back a little bit because he's so ready to just like keep putting one foot in front of the other and move onward and sometimes it's good to maybe slow that down so I hope that answers your question someone asked how many books do you want to read next year so thank you for asking me this um I did not will not read the amount of books I wanted to read this year. The goal that I set for myself all the way back in January when I started this podcast and I was reading uh, Pride and Prejudice, I said that I wanted to read 12 books, which would, you know, equate to one book a month. I think I'm going to end the year maybe having read uh, like six or seven books, which like, okay, like for someone who has you know, has trouble getting back into reading and really leading into that bookworm life. I feel like that's obviously better than nothing. So this coming year, I would really, really, really like to actually read 12 books in 2023 at the very least. And I hope that that happens. I mean, like I said, like that's why it's on my Scantron bubble sheet that I just created through the end of the year. It's very much a choice and it's a hard choice for me to make every single night, whether I'm going to spend time doing that or watching TV, or maybe I can find a balance of both. I don't know, but it's an ongoing journey for me and I'm aiming for 12 in the new year. Someone asked, how did the recent Chicago trip make you feel about having kids? Do you want to have them sooner? Do you want to wait, et cetera? I mean, it didn't make me feel anything like I don't need those trips to, you know, help my decision making with kids along at all. I mean, I know I want kids and I know that they are special and I know that they are incredibly difficult sometimes and motherhood is insanely rewarding and also the hardest thing a woman could ever do. You know, to be totally honest, I go back and forth daily and I I feel like a part of me is like saying this in hopes that someone will reach out <laughs> and be like yeah that's totally normal but um you know some days I'm like you know what fuck it let's just let's get pregnant right now let's start trying right this second I don't want to wait any longer and then other days I'm like like maybe we'll like start in the spring or like okay at the very latest we'll start in the summer like I just you know I just go back and forth and I I think that that's normal. I really do. Um, and there's like a lot of thoughts and fears that I have about motherhood that I really want to get hammered out and figured out before we go for it. Um, so I am trying to get back on my therapist's uh, just like a monthly schedule with her. So I can just, you know throw all of my irrational thoughts at her and have her help me make sense and feel even more prepared to enter that chapter of my life, which I know at the end of the day, it's like you can only be so prepared to be a mother. It's just trying your best every single day. But um, yeah, I would just say, sorry, to go back to the question that you asked, it fluctuates, honest to God, every single day. And uh, with that, I'm kind of just going to go with my gut and we'll see. We will see when 
And if it happens, someone said, I'm in a health threat and need to get back to it. How do you plan meals and workouts for the week? So let me just tell you this. I don't. I judge plan meals and workouts for the week. I plan to do my best. I plan generally. I make a general plan, which again is part of the Scantron bubble sheet. It's like I am going to do cardio at least four times. I am going to work out as in like lift at least four times. I'm not going to sign specific workouts to specific days. I have tried that before and being that formulaic and like calculated about it turns myself off from me and it never works out so I kind of just like with every week as the week starts to unfold this is going to sound really really fucking weird but in my body I can tell what I'm going to want to do that day and the next day I'm like you know what today is a lift day and then tomorrow I'll do a really long walk and then the next day maybe I'll do a lift and like a short like it's just as long as I'm getting it in, that's all that matters to me. I'm not trying to, you know, basically create like a schedule of classes for myself. And then it's kind of the same thing with meals. Like I just, you know, eating more mindfully is already hard enough. I don't need to make a meal plan because for me, it feels even more restrictive. Like I still want to have some surprises and delights throughout the week when it comes to food. So, you know, I'll have a general idea of maybe what I want to make that week and I'll plan for it in the sense of, oh, I'll make this soup on Monday and that'll definitely be dinner and like at least like a couple lunches. I just cannot do the meal planning and prepping thing because I need variety and I also need to be able to eat intuitively throughout the week and I might think on a Sunday night that I'm going to want tacos on Tuesday but what if I want some Asian inspired dish you know so I will also say about health threats in general I just feel like everyone goes through them and you will come out of it when your mind and body are ready. Like, I just don't think that you need to force anything. This just may be the chapter that you're in right now. This is the season you're going through. If, you know, figuring out a workout plan and what to eat during the week is that much of a stressor to you, you need to start really, really slow and don't dive headfirst back into anything. Like, your body's intuition will get you there when it's ready to get there. And I truly, truly believe that. So continuing kind of on this theme, someone asked about strength training help for beginners. Like, are there apps? Are there Instagram accounts that I like? And I will say this. I did what is now called Sweat by Kayla Itzines for years. And I truly, truly believe that Sweat, the app, is an incredible fucking tool to get into fitness in general, especially because it literally works with levels. So you're going to start as a beginner and there are so many different programs that you can choose from. You can choose to do, you know, full body weight programs. You can choose to do weights, but start, you know, as a beginner with those programs. It's just 
really incredible. And also, I know that my trainer, Meg, definitely takes on beginners who you know, have never lifted a dumbbell in their life. And so it's probably also worth it to look into her and her services and what kind of program she might craft up for a beginner. And also before anyone asks, guys, I can never divulge what she charges. Like that is just like a client, uh, trainer agreement and I'm not going to disrespect for respect her by telling people those things when she specifically asks her clients not to so please never ask me how much she charges but anyway I would say yeah I would say look at sweat um maybe reach out to my trainer I'm sure there's so many other things in that I've just I've just been doing the same stuff for so long that I don't have like really good resources to recommend to you. The way that I started to work out for the first time ever, like the first time I ever touched a machine or picked up weight at all was in college because one of my best friends was a soccer player and she'd been working out since she was like 12 and she literally showed me the ropes at the gym. So maybe do you have someone like that in your life? Like do you have a trusted friend or confidant that – works out and would be willing to kind of go slowly with you and also also (laughs) I'm sure that you could google too and find you know like strength training for beginners but just remember that always start out light like literally light with your weights and you can always always build up weight the most important thing is not hurting yourself when you're starting out or like anytime and getting your form right it's not about how heavy you're lifting it's about how well you are and that you're not causing damage to the muscles that you're trying to build okay so I'm just realizing that like I have a lot more questions than I thought so I think I'm gonna have to break this into two separate segments because there are still so many questions that are really good that I really really want to answer and talk about so I'm gonna end on this one and the question says What makes you feel most bougie? What's your go-to for indulgence? Wow. So obviously, especially as of late, I have treated myself to a couple of very bougie things. And by things, I mean items. I got myself a designer bag and sunglasses in Italy. I just bought the most amazing coat by the brand Vince um, for winter that you know was definitely an investment piece even though I did get it on sale and I just have to point that out Um, so I would say like treating myself to something expensive like a a a clothing item that I'm going to have for a really long time that's an investment piece that definitely makes me feel a little bougie but on a more level-headed sense in a, in a more level-headed sense honestly like getting somewhat dressed like full makeup and feeling really pretty and going to a really lovely dinner with sack that includes maybe like oysters as an appetizer and getting not just a glass of wine but we split a bottle of wine like those moments and those nights make me feel like a boozy boozy well actually boozy too but a bougie little bitch and I love them and I soak that up because Zach and I have always said from day one like I mean this is how I was raised too but very 
we love being a mix of highbrow and lowbrow. So like right now I'm recording this, I'm sitting in the same leggings that I went on a walk with this morning. They are disgusting. They are still sweaty from this morning. It is five o'clock central time here in Dallas, Texas, as I'm talking to you. My armpits are also very sweaty. I still have on the same sports bra. I'm probably going to get a rash on my breasts and then act really surprised like I don't know where it came from. I haven't washed my hair since Saturday. It's really frizzy and gross. But you know, in like a couple nights time, I'm probably going to uh, look like a million fucking bucks and go out to dinner with Zach and, you know, order a couple of dirty martinis and feel like the richest bitch in the world. And I love that. I love that about me. I love that about us. And I love that there is that balance. I will also say that I feel incredibly bougie when I do any sort of self-care outside of like getting my nails done like that's standard to me but when I went and got my hydrofacial you know a month ago whenever I did that or like a couple weeks I don't know I don't know what year it is I don't know what day it is I felt so bougie like that is just such like an extraneous expense that absolutely didn't need to happen but I wanted it to happen and I you know I just felt like I felt like a fucking rich ass housewife getting her getting her face done, but that's not at all what happened, but it was really really lovely. So, okay y'all, I am spent. I mean, this is my first episode back after basically having 2 weeks off because Allie and I's recap gave me 2 weeks of content. So, my voice is a little it's a little tired. Uh, my throat's a little dry. Um and I'm definitely going to answer the rest of the questions next week because there are I don't want to leave these unanswered they're really really good but I hope that you guys so enjoyed this episode and I just want to say in general I am really excited about kind of where my head is at with the podcast going forward into the new year I have ideas I have goals I want to up the ante and I'm definitely gonna need y'all's help to do that so I hope you're willing to help me. In the meantime, how you can help me is spreading the word about the podcast and sharing it with a friend or a family member or posting about it on your own Instagram page and social networks and tagging me to drive people here so they can be part of our fucking awesome community because it really is the most amazing community in the entire world. Don't forget to uh, check out my gift guides on msthing.com to help you speed along your holiday shopping process. Leave a review on the podcast if you love me enough to do that. And follow the That's What E Said podcast page on Instagram because I am posting podcast exclusive content there more and more. And I love you guys. And I will meet you here again next Thursday. Bye. Bye.